Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Looking to upgrade your Jeep? Who is it, right? How would you like to get free gear to make those upgrades happen even faster? The Jeep Talk Show, the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast, is giving you, the listener, a chance to win big-ticket items from brands you know, love, and trust. Want in on the action? We'll be giving away major Jeep gear from big-name brands every month. This isn't going to be stickers, hats, and t-shirts. We're talking about serious gear that can change your Jeep build in a big way. So listen to the show every week and make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss your opportunity to win the Jeep Talk Show's biggest giveaways ever. Nixon Tire USA, we got you. I still like the idea of we got your nose. It just has such a great ring to it. <laughs> I got your nose. I got your nose. <laughs> you want your tires? You have your nose back if you get these tires. Oh my gosh. Find out another million dollar Jeep Talk Show idea, Wendy. <laughs> yes, I love it. <laughs> Find out more about the tires that are on the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator that you can see in person or could have seen in person this uh, this weekend if you had attended. But anyway, we won't go down that road. The Nexon Tire Rodian MTX at NexonTireUSA.com. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. All right. Well, I mean, my gosh, it was hot. It was uh, humid. And uh, I'm just talking about Josh being in the Starlight Motel. But I'm still <laughs> down here. Come get me. <laughs> so we are now, I know this is an old joke, but I'll, I think it's funny. We are now starting a fundraiser to get Josh back to Portland because all we back can afford home. to do is to fly him down. Yeah. To oh, no. <laughs> Poor Josh. He's stuck oh. in Texas. He's so going to melt. The great thing is he's walking, so uh, it gets cheaper <laughs> the further he goes. <laughs> You know, the JTS team is here to inform and entertain you about Jeeps. If you're new to the Jeep world or thinking about jumping in and getting your feet dirty, you're in the right place. Whether you're interested in having a unique off-road vehicle ready to hit the trails or that daily driver that's also a weekend warrior, this show is for you. Find out more information about the show at jeeptalkshow.com. You know, guys, I was thinking about something. In us, Instead of us, when we do the giveaway, having the phrase that pays in the episode... We're, we get them to go over to our website because a lot of people don't go to our websites. There's, and I understand it, you know, for a podcast, when I listen to podcasts, I don't generally go to the, to the website. But if we, I think if we got them over there, they'd enjoy seeing the show notes and, and the glossary. One PDF. You got to guess the password to open it. Once you <laughs> yeah. open up that yeah. PDF, there yeah, we go. Like too much work. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, we may only do this on the next entire giveaways. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, make like, it no. make it worth it. Yeah, the the password is Paul. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
I love the password is Paul. But I love did, how you said that. What do you remember? Yeah, you guys perfect. remember the the oh, show yeah. Password? Yes. Yeah, yes. that's password what they always do. Up, it was always late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was excellent. Yeah, and you know that the guy, the announcer guy's seven hundred miles away in a soundproof right. booth, but he has to say it whispery because you don't yes. want the yes. Because <laughs> you don't want the audience to hear. Well, you don't want the contestants to hear. The pa- yeah, the course. audience can. That's fine. But the password is password. Never saw that coming. But anyway. <laughs> well, welcome back to the show, Jeeper. I'm Josh. And on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show, I'll be talking about why another Jeep plant is shutting down. And we find out what the Jeep is officially killing the gasoline engine. I'll tell you the whys, where's, and when's coming up. And later, if you have a Jeep that has springs, I've got a trick you'll want to know. Well, howdy, it's Wendy, and make sure you're checking out my newbie nugget section on Friday episodes of our Jeep Talk Show. There's all kinds of information that I cover. I'm Tammy. I'm Tammy, a.k.a. Jeep Mama, and coming up on Jeep Life, getting you prepared for this weekend's Texas. Oh. Yeah, no. Yeah, it's going to be too late. Yep, this is I just Monday. realized it. Okay, can I start over? Yeah, just take a pause. Hey, I'm Tammy, a.k.a. Jeep Mama, and coming up on Jeep Life, getting prepared for your off-road trip. Did you forget anything when you're doing your planning? I will let you know on Jeep Life coming up. Well, this would have been better to have before the event. We could have used this information, Tammy. Gee whiz. I know. This is what happens when you miss the morning meetings. My days. I just can't keep my days straight. <laughs> I'm Tony and had a great time at the second annual Jeep Talk Show event. It's a shame what happened to Josh during the Saturday night snipe hunt, though. Oh, dear. We hope to hear from Josh very, very soon. You're funny. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And as soon as that bruise goes away, I've got some words for you, my friend. <laughs> in the shape That's of the a snipe <laughs> <laughs> i told you they were fast <laughs> oh yeah so stellantis will stellantis jeep's parent company will again be stopping operations at its key melfi plant in southern italy next week a union representative said cutting citing shortages of various parts including semiconductors chips that is Marco Lomio, local head of the UILM Metalworkers Union, said chip shortages was the main problem. Fortunately, the plant has worked regularly throughout May, but when chips are not shipped, well, you can't build cars. Stellantis confirmed the plant would stop operations between June 6th and 11th due to a chip shortage, a spokesman for the carmaker told Reuters. The new uh, stoppage, which affects almost all of the plant's more than 7,000 workers, adds to a holiday period already scheduled for most of Stellantis' operations in the county starting on Thursday, with its Italy's Republic Day. Yay. Stellantis currently builds the Fiat 500X small crossover, Jeep Renegade small SUV, and Jeep Compass compact SUV. I know, it doesn't really affect a whole lot of us over here on the other side of the pond, but uh, nonetheless, 7,000 people is uh, a lot of folks to be without a job. Josh, why are we having this issue? I mean, uh, is it was it COVID? Was there is it, was it a fire? Is the answer yes? I mean, uh, where why aren't chips COVID being made? COVID started it. Let, let's just say that it, you know it's uh, it's not to blame, but it's COVID's fault, uh, or it's not COVID's fault, but we're going to blame it anyways. In <laughs> uh, either way, it it, it kind of uh, got the ball rolling, uh, and then you've got you know record gas prices. Uh, I mean, seriously, a barrel of gas now is like what 144 dollars or something ridiculous like that i mean so it's it's not just here in the u.s um gas prices everywhere are going through the roof and uh uh that has an effect on supply chain 
Um, and when you've got more demand than you've got uh, the ability to produce, that compounds everything as well. And, uh, and so you end up with, you know, 10% shipping. Uh, you've got uh, 10% of your order coming in. You've got partial orders coming in. You've got uh, factories that are uh, not operating at capacity uh, and all kinds of stuff. So it's, it's really a, a mixed bag of a perfect storm of, of factors that have all led to this global chip shortage in the automotive industry. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Our political leaders, and this is worldwide, uh, seem to be playing, uh, I often said, checkers instead of uh, in, in a, a game that's, that you need to be, be playing chess. But actually, I think they're playing tic-tac-toe in a, a, a game that should be playing chess because a lot of this stuff is really easy to see coming uh, from long ago. Yeah, no, seriously. Uh, I mean, not that any and every single manufacturer should have had a a, a uh, you know a pandemic clause uh, built into their uh, manufacturing schedule, but nonetheless, uh, you know, things ebb and flow. Prices ebb and flow. Uh, we've seen gas price hikes before. I think you know around two thousand seven, two thousand eight, when uh, you know gas damn near reached five dollars a gallon uh, or some there something like that. Um, and we saw a lot of this happen back then. So we're seeing it again, um, just now it's compounded much, much worse and on a global scale. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll find our way out of this, but uh, there's going to be some bumps in the road. Uh, and unfortunately, we're seeing them at least in Italy so far. We've seen them here in the U.S. as well with plant shutdowns over um, at the, uh, the Mac assembly plant and Belvedere assembly plant have both shut down multiple times. So this isn't just an overseas thing and it doesn't affect us here in the States. Uh, we've had plants, plant shutdowns here in the U.S. as well with Jeep uh, and other manufacturers as well, of course, but, uh, but Jeep is, is no exception, and they've had to shut down plants here in the U.S. affecting U.S. jobs as well. So, uh, you know, will this continue to go on? So far, they are predicting, at least through the rest of this year, uh, from what I have read, uh, as far as uh, at least the chip shortage goes, we should be able to start digging our way out uh, beginning of next year, first quarter of 2023, at least so far, that's what the general consensus is. Well, the general consensus of this next story is going to be to put your head in the sand and just hope it all blows over and we get back to normal. But uh, by the end of this year, 2022, Jeep is going to stop selling vehicles powered only by internal combustion engines. What? Yeah. That means that no matter, the Jeep, no matter the Jeep made, no matter the model, it will no longer have just a gasoline engine in it. That's the good news is, the good news is, I know there's, there's, it's a lot to take, but the good news is this nonsense is happening only in major European countries. Yeah. According to CEO Christian Meunier, that means starting in 2023, Jeep will only have available hybrid models in those countries. The Jeep brand will also launch its first all-electric vehicle next year, which has teased as a two-door crossover. Oh boy, can't wait. Jeep does plan to have a battery electric model in each of its segments by 2025. As for the United States, when we will have to suffer the abolishment of conventional powertrains has yet to be determined. For now, at least, we know that it's not happening here, at least not yet. But Munier said that as much during a, a virtual news briefing on the new Jurassic World-themed ad campaign, he does, however, think we're only a few years away. It's just a matter of market timing, and the demand does not meet the need for it out here in the U.S., and that's because over 75% of us, like the old adage of 
having to tie a pork chop around the neck of the ugly kid just to make the dog play with him. If we <laughs> wanted electric vehicles so damn bad, the automakers wouldn't have to drown them in incentives just to move a few units. Yep. Jeep ha only has plug-in hybrid options on the Wrangler and the newly launched Grand Cherokee here in North America. And for most of us, well, that's just fine. The $53,000 plus Wrangler 4XE, the U.S.'s most popular plug-in hybrid right now, represents about 25% of Wrangler North American sales mix, and that's stretching things. A combination of component shortages, including battery components and supply chain issues, are limiting production of the Wrangler 4XE in Toledo, Ohio. The Grand Cherokee, whose 4XE model starts at just under 60000 is built in Detroit. The automaker sold almost 46,000 Wranglers and more than 75,000 Grand Cherokees in the first three months of 2022 in the United States alone. Not too shabby, Jeep. It will report second quarter sales next month, and I bet you're just dripping with anticipation to hear those numbers, aren't you? It's a very dry topic. I'll be reporting on it, but it's not going to be anything you'll want to be anxiously waiting for. Can you imagine how much of the uh, crate engines are going to go down because everybody's buying them? They're going to go up. They're going to skyrocket. Oh, no, I, I, I think it'll go down because of the supply-demand thing. It'll be, well, initially, but I think that they'll be starting to make more of them because everybody's going to be taking the, the hybrid bullshit out of their Jeeps and putting that's them in a proper engine. That's what I think we're going to see. We're going to see a new wave of crate motors. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't believe exactly. that, that automakers are going to stop making engines. Um, and I think that we're going to start seeing companies pop up, uh, giving you the ability to retrofit older engines into newer vehicles. Um, what that's going to look like, what kind of cost figure that's going to be. I mean, we're already looking at if you want to put a, a three liter diesel uh, in virtually any vehicle, it's going to cost you 10 or 15 grand minimum. Uh, and that's with a crate engine and the uh, needed peripherals and accessories and, uh, you know, sort of uh, things to make it fit, if you will. So, um, you know, how this is all going to work and how it's going to play out, I don't know. Personally, I believe this is a bad move. Very. When you take the, the um, conventional powertrain uh, completely out of the equation, it just, I mean, I, I can't wrap my head around how that's good business sense. It's virtue signaling at best, and it's, it's, I, I can't see how that's not just biting off your nose to spite your face. You shoot, you're shooting yourself in your foot, and I think it's going to hurt sales internationally. Jeep was on a nice big wave over the last six, seven years, uh, mm -hmm. rolling out on a global scale, on a global level for the first time ever. Uh, and uh, this is going to really, I think, put a damper on things. We're going to see an immediate stop of expansion. I think we're going to see a massive drop in sales. And I think we're going to see dealerships closing uh, across oh, the Yeah, country. I agree. I mean... Basically, what, what's going on here, I believe, is that the government and the governments around the world are dictating to manufacturers what they can make mm -hmm. and, yep. and when, in one way or another, and they're making mm -hmm. it really hard on them because electric vehicles, it's not their time yet. Nope. And it yeah. all goes back to what creates the electricity, stores it or creates it. it the density is not equivalent to gas or diesel. If it becomes equivalent to gas or diesel, now you got something, and I'm and I'm all for it. I mean, but this hybrid thing—that is twice the number of things to go bad on your vehicle. Well, not to mention those batteries have to be replaced about every seven years. And I mean, I hate to sound like an eco nut, but do you realize just how bad for the planet it is? It's to horrible. Make yeah. These batteries. Yeah. It's it, horrible, it's, and I don't understand it, why people aren't 
actually looking at that supposed I agree you know eco people they're like oh I, I drive a Prius well do you know what you've done to this whole the whole yeah. planet yeah and it's and the facts are there it's not like they can say oh well you're just saying that because you don't want to you know conform right. here, Bull, bullshit here it's, is here is the simple horrible. thing here is the simple thing you make something that is good for the consumer if it's good for the Period. environment and everything else that's great but don't ram it down my throat that this has to be done something for the planet earth i don't care i care about what it's going to cost me and how long i'm going to be able to drive and how much it's going to cost me to drive it and also too if you can make it a lot more efficient and generate lot less heat and everything else less damage less wear and tear then i am on board that's the reason why i'm interested in electric uh, uh, any kind of electric propulsion it's because it's going to be a lot better for me, the consumer, if it's better for the planet in the long run, great. But don't sell me save the planet. I mean, that's the reason it's why we're in saving this. saving the planet. This is, yeah. this is no, why we're in this worse. crap is because mm -hmm. people think, uh, at least the, that one uh, uh, meme that I saw where somebody was saying, you hunters, stop hunting the poor animals. Go to the market and buy your meat there like everybody yeah. else. Oh, oh yeah. That's just, that's just stupidity. stupidity. I'm sorry. People like, don't many understand. People actually think like that, though. That, that there's they do. They do. A boggling amount. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, and I can understand if you've lived, lived a sheltered life and don't know how to Google uh, that, that you might think that, but it, that's not the way it works. I mean, I'm, I imagine Chuck will regale us or, or regaled us uh, with lots of information about how the whole meat processing, processing thing uh, takes place. Mm -hmm. Oh, I wonder if I should start, I mean, as a joke, really chastising him for all the cows and the methane released and how he's destroying <laughs> Environment. He's ruining oh, you know, the planet. Don't, don't even uh, start that. He's going to come back at you hard, man. There was a, there was I, a lot I, of, I couldn't possibly do it with a straight face. No, I couldn't even could do it with a straight face not here. Do it. There was no. a lot of methane released at the second annual Jeep Talk Show event. I can tell you that. There's <laughs> a lot of methane released in the Washington, D.C. Okay, let's move off the topic. <laughs> Uh -oh. Well, as usual, we're looking for the Jeeper out on the street to let us know what's happening. If you've got a news tip, you've got a response to any one of our stories or a headline that you think we should be reporting on, by all means, let us know what you got going on, what you see, what's happening. You can do it by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how to reach out. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Did you know about the 4x4 Radio Network? Man, it is the only place on the entire internet where you can find all of the internet's best off-roading podcasts. It's all in one place. It's all for free. All you got to do is go there. The number four, the letter X, the number four, radionetwork.com. 4x4radionetwork.com. You'll see the Jeep Talk Show there, of course. You'll have the On the Trail podcast, Trail Chasers, the Center Steer podcast, the 4x4 podcast. They're all great off-road shows, and it's all in one place. Head there now, the 4x4radionetwork.com. We'll see you there. Hey, coming up at Tech Talk, Josh has a quick tip for changing out coil springs on any Jeep. And you can do this at any season, not just during the springtime, right? Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? Jeep Talk Show has been my weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. I support a great podcast, been a lifelong Jeeper myself, continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. If you like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps, I like it for the, the technical, clear content, uh, advice, and learning. 
So go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and look and you will see where you can become a paid subscriber. But you can keep being a rat bastard if you want to be. And if you don't know what a rat bastard is, a rat bastard is somebody that listens to the Jeep Talk Show for free. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And I want to make a comment about the crazy kid in the XJ that uh, was doing donuts in a church lawn. Yeah, I know. I'm going to go on a limb and say that the uh, XJ was red. It was the 1996 XJ. The incident took place at 1434 Maple Street at approximately 1023 p.m., but I know nothing about it. Next, you're going to say all us XJ guys look alike. I swear I have a legitimate alibi, but that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you I was kicked out of a karaoke bar for singing Danger Zone five times. <laughs> Apparently, I exceeded the maximum amount of login attempts. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that one is a stinker, and you have to think on it. Uh-huh. All right, boys and girls, I'll thinking. catch you later, and have a good one. Bye. Stinky thinker. I'm still thinking. <laughs> what a great name for a, another joke book for, the, for Nikki G. Penny Loggins, Danger Zone. Come on, you're yeah. killing Oh! Ah, oh. there it is! <laughs> so, so, Jeep Talk Show listener Randall's probably like, sigh, because he does it every time. I'm like, huh? And he just <laughs> sigh. It's all good. You got tech questions? Ah, what do I ever... Have answers. Oh, that's good. I just, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! Now, whether it's to lift the Jeep or improve what you've already got, a spring swap usually happens in every Jeeper's life, at least once. Spring swaps are a pain in the butt. They take time, they take specialty tools, and most of the time, the process can be dangerous, too. Today, I've got a quick tip that will make the process safer and quicker. Jeep coil springs, like any automotive spring, are made from a high tensile steel and have the potential to hold a significant amount of energy when they are compressed. In other words, they're beefy and they need to be respected, especially when compressed. That said, the only way you can compress springs is with spring compressors. Spring compressors are a specialty tool that have a specific purpose, and the name kind of gives it away. The reason that these are necessary is that anytime a spring is already on the Jeep, it is under load and under some compression. After all, the springs are what hold the Jeep up. And anytime you want to swap out a spring, the old ones, usually at least, have to be compressed to pull them out. And more times than not, new springs need to be compressed before they go in. There are other steps involved, of course, and this usually entails things like disconnecting the sway bar, the shock, and sometimes even some of the steering components, too, all to get the axle to drop as much as possible to allow the spring to come out just that much easier. Using spring compressors can be dangerous. If not placed correctly, they can slip off, and if they slip off the spring when it's compressed, the sudden release of that energy is enough to kill you, seriously, or take off an arm or something like that. So, what if I told you that I've got a trick that can reduce the amount you have to use a spring compressor by 50%? Here's how it works. Using a jack, you're going to lift the axle on the side that you're swapping out the spring. It's so much easier to remove a coil spring by using the compressor, by using the spring compressors while the jack and the vehicle weight has compressed the springs already. Once the compressors are in place, you'll lower the axle and the spring will just, well, more or less fall out. Reverse the process by using the tools to shrink the new springs, raise the axle back up, and remove the spring compressors. If you are mechanically inclined, if you know tools and your Jeep, well, you can probably swap out a spring using this method in about 30 minutes or less using this trick. Wow. But now, don't you run the risk of it being compressed 
that when you take it off, it can actually spring or using these, I guess the picture shows you're using the tool to keep it so it doesn't do that and spring out. I'm just going to imagine taking that out of well, there, the pressure happens and boom, it explodes. You got to be careful handling a spring anytime it is under load and out of a vehicle. Um, there is just so much pressure, so much kinetic energy inside mm -hmm. of that spring that you must be careful. And so that's why um, these spring compressors all have a very specific design feature to them. They have a hook that wraps around the spring. They have that threaded shaft that collapses, you know, that moves the other hook closer to the one hook, allowing mm -hmm. the, the compression to happen. But the, the main thing is a detent pin that keeps that hook from slipping off. Now, yeah, that's not that. to say that that pin can't break or that pin can't uh, bend or slip out of the way or something like that, or that you forget to put it in place. Again, this all comes down to placement, making sure that the uh, axis of the spring compressor is in line with the axis of the spring, that the spring compressors are 180 degrees off from each other or as close as you can get to 180 degrees off from one another. Um, there are tricks and, and tips to, to using spring compressors. Most of it just comes in the directions and how to use them properly uh, because, you know, the manufacturer wants to make sure that you don't sue them from taking off your shoulder when one of these things unloads because you forgot to put a detent, detent pin in place. So, you know, it's, it just comes down to, you know, making sure you dot the I's, you cross the T's, you're not three shades drunk and, you know, uh, doing this in the dark, uh, you know, all at the same time. So a little bit of uh, common sense, a little bit of paying attention to what you're doing, and you'll be just fine. But to save the, uh, the, the hassle and from having to take the risk of using spring compressors more than you have to, let the Jeep and the Jack do the work. Use the spring compressor to just hold it there versus actually trying to compress uh. the spring with the compressors, which honestly is where a lot of the problems happen. As you are torquing down that threaded rod, trying to get pressure on each one of these, moving back and forth from one to the other. And really, as you start reefing down on these to get that spring to compress enough, you're putting a lot of rotational force on the unit as a whole, both the compressor and the spring as it starts to bind up. And that rotational force can move that compressor more than, it, than you'd want it to. And that's when slipping tends to happen. So if you can take that whole part of the equation out of, of, of the process, what well, you're a step ahead and you're using the compressor 50% less than what you would ordinarily be doing it. These things Hopefully are, that all made sense. <laughs> these things are scary as hell. I really I like the meme where it shows the, the guy that running the ratchet, uh, the air, the air tool, oh, compressing yeah. it. And he's behind a, a, a big, nice big board. He's like, <laughs> no, please don't. Please, sir. Please, sir. Tactical shield. Yes. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> says policia uh but uh yeah these things now I, I, I think i missed the part where you use these things to compress the spring to get it on because that at that point you don't have the the weight of the jeep or anything to no and that that does still come into the equation you're still going to have to remove some components you're still going to have to compress a, oh, a spring once to get it on but you're that's just it you're not going to have to compress a spring to get it off you're not going to have to uh um, for, for each and every corner. You just have to do it once, and that's going to be to putting the spring back onto the vehicle. Yeah, so that's now, the scary part. That, yeah, <laughs> that, that's going to be when things are, you're going to be saying a prayer before and after. So. so let me ask you this. What if you don't have this tool and you try to put it on and you think you got it on? Is there a way that 
or is I, okay, there a possibility so I, that you could mess up? And how would nature, you know you messed nature up? Nature will explain it to I, you. I will <laughs> tell you that you can put on springs without spring compressors, but it usually revolves also uh, involves also removing your control arms, or at least uh, one of your control arms, to allow that axle to completely drop from that corner of the vehicle. Right. That is the only way that you can get enough separation to put a lift spring into a Jeep, especially if you've got extended bump stops, things like that in play, um, you're going to have to get as much droop as possible out of that axle. The only way to do that is to start removing components or removing the axle altogether. Well, I mean, you could literally drop the axle off the vehicle and you'd have plenty that, of room. That's, that's what I'm saying, yeah. yeah or removing the axle altogether, in that which case you don't... But, you know, how much work is involved in that? Have you ever had to put control arms back onto a vehicle? It's a pain in the butt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, there are tricks and, and stuff to that. We've talked about that on the show before. I'll probably talk about it again in the near future. Uh, but uh, but nonetheless, um, taking the axle out to put springs on is is kind of like killing a fly with a, with a bazooka. Um, you know, it's a little more tool than what you need. Right. Of course, you can use, um, and uh, we need a disclaimer on this, you can use a, a vice and a 4700 4, zip ties. I've seen, no, he's right. I've actually seen that meme. It, it's it's oh. incredible. Oh wait a minute, was it? Did. No, the guy actually was using the kind of like what you're talking about, Josh. But they were using like the weight of the vehicle on the bumper to compress the spring. You know, by jacking up the the vehicle, then letting it down on the spring to compress it, and then using zip ties. And it, it, I was waiting for the. I mean, I, I don't think it was a video, but I was still waiting for that spring to shoot out and kill somebody three blocks over. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> zip ties and duct tape. Well, those duct tape is duct tape is just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen binder. What is it? Not binders twine. Uh, the the metal. Um, what's that metal that everybody seemed to carry around? The uh, strap. No, no, or no. Wire. Wire. This 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 random metal yeah. wire that people would bring for for quick fixes. Yeah. yeah. So I've seen it done that way too, where they just wrap a bunch of wire around the coils with the, the spring compressed. Get these, get these spring compressors because you and Josh, you may have already mentioned this. You can get them like at O'Reilly's and stuff, and you just use them and take them back, and it doesn't cost you anything. But yeah, no, that's just it. Is you you pay a deposit with your credit card, they refund that bailing wire. Bailing wire, yes. Uh, when you when you bring it back, um, so I mean, but you can get uh, spring compressors for as little. I mean, to buy them for as little as like forty bucks. I mean, yeah. you know, the, I, I may not recommend oh, the not that. ones. You know, I'd probably go for something around the sixty to a hundred dollar range, uh, just you know, for the sake of uh, safety and uh, and quality. Yeah. Don't get sure. the Harbor Freight ones. Get the high lift compressors. No, no, <laughs> you, you can get the Harbor Freight ones for dirt cheap. I think you can get probably find them for twenty bucks, uh, or, or you know, definitely under forty. Uh, but no, go with the midline. Trust me, the threads are going to be better. They're going to be better, better made. The safety uh, can, uh, features are going to be much more rugged uh, and, and reliable. So spend the money. It'll save your life, probably. In the meantime, if you've got anything to add to this topic, or maybe you have a question for Tech Talk, just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com contact and send us a message. Who knows? The next Tech Talk may have your topic covered.
In episode 46, we interview Eric Zappi, the author of High Performance Jeep XJ Builder's Guide. Hartech, who's the publisher of the book, they were looking to getting into doing a book on the Jeep Cherokee. They wanted to get into the off-road stuff because they really hadn't done it before. The publisher was actually unprepared for the, the response that they got and caught them off guard. That's how successful it was right out the gate. Where do you keep your books? Hey, I, I read in the bathroom myself. Well, I mean, what else are you going to do? You, somebody will come check on you if you start humming a tune. You won't know what you're missing unless you go listen. So you know how we love our new Thursday episode. It's our interview uh, episode, at least that's what I'm calling it. Uh, If you've missed it, uh, on our episode 617, we interviewed Cody with TrailChasers.net. Coming up uh, this week, we'll be talking with Dan Greck from The Road Chose Me. Uh, Interesting, just a wonderful, interesting life. Dan is living the life that I think lots of us would at least think we would like to live. But, of Mm -hmm. course, there's challenges with living in a Jeep off-road for uh, years at a time but uh, Dan has done it multiple times and you can hear what's going on with him and his uh, uh, living in his uh, Jeep Gladiator out in Australia in the outback I think they call it and then uh, in two weeks uh, we'll be talking with Matt of Matt's off-road recovery one that uh, interview that I've been wanting to get for a long time now got it and just had a great conversation with Matt and it was uh, it was very interesting, and I learned some things about Matt Matt's off road recovery that I did not know from uh, watching all the many many YouTube videos. If you if you're and I, of course I just assume everybody knows about Matt's off road recovery, but maybe not. Go over to YouTube and uh, just do a search for Matt's off road recovery, and you will see the most interesting use of a XJ that I have ever seen. I mean that is his mm-hmm. primary vehicle to uh, get people unstuck of various sizes. I mean, and when things get tough, they'll, they'll use two XJs. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's a very interesting, uh, interesting channel. Are you living the Jeep life? From mall crawlers to weekend warriors, from daily drivers to weekend wheelers, it's all about the Jeep life, and it's all good. It's time for Jeep Life with Jeep Mama. So I think this is like maybe a week too late, but I will do this episode anyway. Since the summer weather is here and folks are getting out on the trails, I thought I'd share my Jeep Mama prep information I've collected over the years. And I've collected it from you. I've reached out to the listeners and to my YouTube subscribers and asked your opinions. And I've collected all this data and I'm going to share it with you. So before you guys hit the trails, make sure you have the proper gear and pre-departure checklist completed. And there's a link in the show notes for my blog that has all this information and a little bit more. Um, it's jeepmama.com and it's the off-road basics tab. Anyway, so before you go out on the trails, there's a pre-departure maintenance checklist you should do. Check your oil, transmission oil, brake fluid, radiator coolant, Windshield wiper fluid, your fan belts, hoses, air cleaners, seat belts, your tire pressure. Check those tires for wear and damage. Tighten the drive shaft U-bolts. You can tighten those lug nuts on your tires. The frame, check for cracks. Check your brake pads and shoes. Go around and check all the bolts on your Jeep. Grease your fittings, the U-joints, the steering components, the drive shaft. Don't forget to check your differential and your transfer case oils. You might want to check your winch to make sure it's not all wrapped up and the cable is all messed up, frayed or kinks, depending on if you have steel or synthetic, and check your shocks. 
So that's kind of a pre-departure maintenance checklist. Now, when you go off-road, there's lots of stuff you need to take. And over time, you'll figure out what you need for your Jeep off-road adventures. But there's some basic minimum things everyone should have in their Jeep when they go off-roading. And the first one is a first aid kit. And on my blog, there's a list of some things that you could put in your first aid kit. Another thing to think about, and a Jeep Talk Show listener gave me this tip, but if you bring a Jeep dog with you, you might want to think about having a special canine first aid kit for your dog. Um, So thanks for that tip. Um, Some basic essentials for you as a person, especially on those hot days and um, those muggy days, is water. Normally, you would bring at least a gallon of water per person per day, but in those hot, dry climates or even those hot, sticky climates, I would triple it. And remember, alcohol is not considered water. It doesn't hydrate. It's going to dehydrate you. So it's going to take more water to metabolize that alcohol. Food. Bring twice the amount you're thinking of bringing because if you get delayed or have to spend an extra night on the trail, you're not going to worry about going hungry. And then a good idea for trail food is trail mix, beef jerky, fruits, dry canned goods, etc. Extra clothes because if you get wet or muddy, you're not going to want to sit in those wet, muddy clothes. And then some personal items to think about, toilet paper, anti um, the hand sanitizer, sunblock, bug spray, a rain jacket. Some other things, always, always have a spare tire, a full-size spare tire, fire extinguisher, jumper cables, um, some road safety reflectors or a flare, of course your jack and the tire iron to change your tire. And then you're going to want to have some recovery gear, a recovery gear kit. I like to put mine underneath my front seat or even in the back seat because then you're not climbing over everything or you're not having to get out of your Jeep to go in the back to get it. So you're going to want to have like a toe strap, a recovery strap, a tree saver, D-ring, or the soft shackles. I prefer the soft shackles. Uh, Possibly a come-along. Colby valves are a good thing to have. And make sure all these items are properly rated. And those um, tags are going to be on all those straps. Um, And it will tell you what kind of load ratings. And it depends on what type of vehicle you have. You're going to want to have gloves, a shovel, a spare key for your vehicle. However, I never take my keys out of my Jeep when I'm on the trails. I always leave my keys in the Jeep, especially like if you get out of your Jeep and you're going to go watch whoever is up next on the obstacle and maybe you just finished the obstacle and there's, they got to move the Jeeps and you're like way far away. Someone, you know, if you talk about this beforehand, can get in your Jeep and move it up so there's room for the others to come through. Um There are so many more items that can go in your off-road recovery kit, but this is going to give you a great start. Another thing is communication devices. We've talked about this on the show before, the CB radio, the GMRS. Did I say that right? GRMS. Um, A cell phone. You're going to want power to keep these devices going. So sometimes you might need a power inverter. Trash bags so we can keep the trails clean. 
Some other optional items are the portable compressor, onboard air, high lift jack, chainsaw, um, all the chainsaw items you need to go with it. In case there's logs or trees down across the trail. Or somebody with poor trail manners, right, Wendy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, this get- one, I came up with this from all of the listeners and subscribers top 10 tools to have on the trails and the first one was a bfh and these are in order of i did like a little survey the second one was an adjustable wrench then a big screwdriver or pry bar number four was a socket set and ratchet a vice grip screwdriver number seven was zip ties number eight was duct tape a bottle jack and number 10 was a flashlight and then of course you know a socket set um Allen wrenches, Torx sockets, especially if you have a Jeep Wrangler. Just a standard and a Phillips screwdriver. There's also some other versatile tools, you know, depending on what level you're at. But it's good to carry it because you never know. Maybe there's somebody else that can use the tools. But pliers, vice grips, channel locks, pipe wrenches, having two medium ones can be useful for tie rods. A utility knife crescent wrenches, a big, long pry bar or a strong metal pipe um, that can slip over a wrench or a socket drive for extra leverage. Um, and here you go, Tony, extra items to carry with you, bailing wire, uh, yes. wood, wood blocks. Um, they're useful as chalk blocks. And um, I think we talked about this Tuesday, um, strapping it to, um, if you blow a tire, some sort of trick to get you off the trail. Um, ramps, sus- suspension supports, uh, bungee cords, uh, rope, super glue, epoxy, tie wraps, rags, just a whole list of things. Um, and fluids, extra fluids are good. Oil, coolant, water, brake fluid, differential gear oil, transmission, WD-40, power steering fluid, bearing grease, starter fluid, and you might even want to have a funnel and a siphon hose. And then you have all sorts of spare parts, and we've talked about all these before, extra fan belts, serpentine belts, hoses, fuel line. I think Josh has given us some tips and tricks over the years for all these. The tire repair kit, which he talked about earlier, um, last week I believe it was, extra lug nuts, cotter pins, just random nuts and bolts as you collect them along the way, U-joints, um, maybe in of a spare drive shaft, all sorts of electronic stuff, wire cutters, spare fuses, electrical tape, and there was a tape one time, easy fuse tape, Josh mentioned before, um, maybe some solder. Now, if you've broken something twice, first you should maybe think about upgrading it, but if you've broken it twice, maybe you want to um, carry an extra one of whatever it is you've broken. So since we're a, kind of a day late on this, all these things that you should do to be prepared, what have you forgotten when you went on the trail and how did you deal without having it? So anybody who was at the Texas event, did you forget anything? Call us at the Jeep Talk Show and leave us a voicemail. Tell us what you forgot and how did you survive 
the Texas event, the Texas Jupe Talk Show event without what you forgot. So we want to hear from you and go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contacts and give us a call and let us know. The only thing I would add to this, Tammy, because it's such a great list, is just reminding people that you need to think about the inclement weather. So heavier jacket and a light jacket or an extra set of socks if it's going to be raining and extra gloves. That would be the only thing because it's such a great list. A good idea, Wendy, because the folks in Colorado now, yeah, under 9,500 feet, perfect, nice, lovely weather. You get uh-huh. up in those elevations, and it's it's winter. They still have feet, feet of snow up in those elevations. Yeah, exactly. And I think people don't realize that even when they come to Big Bear, and we're at about 7,000 elevation, and people come, you know, in their shorts and flip-flops, and I'm like, yeah, right, where's your pants and your extra clothing? <laughs> right. So, if you carry exactly. everything yeah. on this list, you'll have a very good idea as to why Jeeps are called rattle traps. That's right. <laughs> now, say it with and, me now, say it with me now, Tammy, antimicrobial. Yes. <laughs> antimicrobial, I know, I there don't know. You go. No, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the, uh, the point about rated... Uh, recovery equipment. Not yes. all uh, recovery equipment is rated. So that that you know, D-ring shackle that you got for twelve dollars from China probably mm-hmm. is not stamped right. with a rating. I'm no, just guessing. Oh, so uh, yeah, uh, it's one of those things where you got to make sure that the recovery gear, the kind of gear that you are relying on that you, for your vehicle and your safety, is rated. Uh, and 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 that that's how you know that it's actually going to get you out of a situation. And the other thing I would say is that you need to put these similar items like your tools in one bag or in something that you can get to. Like Tammy said, it's easy for her to get to her recovery gear. Our stuff is completely separated. First aid is somewhere else. I've got my recovery gear in one bag. I've got tools in another because that way when you have to grab something, you know exactly where it is. You're not sitting here going through 50 things trying to figure out where is that darn thing. Yeah, your first aid kit should be nowhere near where your tools are. Never. I mean, at least as far as in the same bag yeah, as it goes. But yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that'd be yeah. gross. Well, how does Tammy's Jeep life compare with yours? We're always looking for great Jeep stories, so contact us and let us know what your Jeep life is like. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how. And that's where you want to go if you want to figure out and find out what's happening with our newsletter. Sign up for their newsletter at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Click that link, sign up for it today. You're going to get all kinds of great information about what's coming up on the show, who we're interviewing, what we're giving away, and when. Get the inside information and get your best chances to win our next giveaway. Head to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and sign up for the Jeep Talk Show newsletter right now. Well, that's all the Jeep Talk Show there is for now, Jeeper. Until our next show, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. And stay tuned. In the coming episodes, we'll be talking about what happened at the Jeep Talk Show Texas event. Podcasting since 2010.